In 2017, two boys found a pair of mystical goggles and their lives changed forever. The goggles gave them the ability to watch the movies others said were unwatchable. Now, they review these movies and save lives along the way. This is their story. This is Movie Goggles. Hello and welcome to Movie Goggles on Sin 90.7 FM. Uh, you're joined with your host, Chevet and... Your ever-faithful host, Nick. Chevet, how are you today? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm going well. I'm going well. I'm, yeah. I'm ready to get stuck into these bad movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had a bit of time to recover from <laughs> yes. the last one we watched. Um, and our topic of discussion for this week... Look, we're a bit late with a theme. This yes. is a Christmas-themed episode. To everyone out there, I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Yeah, but it's a bit late, and I'm sorry for that, but we're going to make amends. Um, Yeah, we didn't get to do a Christmas special, so this is our way of making up for that and coming at you with a Christmas (laughs) movie review. Now, the film that we're going to be reviewing today, it's Notorious. Netflix produced this movie, and they have not treated it with love and respect. They've outright trashed the movie, slammed it as terrible. They've tweeted about how bad it is. BuzzFeed <laughs> BuzzFeed hate this movie. <laughs> this is one film that doctors and BuzzFeed hate. And yeah. I'm going to tell you why. This movie is called A Christmas Prince. And it was written by Karen Shaler and Nathan Atkins. It was released in 2017, just in time for Christmas. Yeah. Chevet. Just in time. And funnily enough, there was another film that came out around the same time called My Christmas Prince. (laughs) But different movies, guys. We're talking about the one that is on Netflix. A Christmas Prince. If you haven't watched it, probably not enough time to binge it as it is over an hour and a half long. And the show is going now. Just a little reminder out there to everyone. Make sure you got your movie goggles on while while we're reviewing this movie because it gets bad. It gets ugly. Yep. So, I'll just run you guys through the plot of A Christmas Prince. Basically, to all you um, you princess movie fanatics out there, I personally thought this movie was a little bit of a rip-off of A Princess Diaries. Basically, the plot follows an aspiring young journalist, Amber Moore, and Amber Moore is sent to the foreign nation of Aldovia. Yes. Sounds a little bit like Genovia for all you Princess yeah. Diaries head fans out there. And she's sent to Aldovia to cover a press conference that's uh, it's about the, the, new, the, the king-to-be, Prince Richard, who is a bit of a socialite, he's a bit of a bad boy, playboy-type mm. character. And through a series of sort of accidents, Amber finds herself posing as Prince Richard's little sister's tutor. And from there, she gets the hot goss. Ooh. That's where it takes off. What an extraordinary Chevet, we've got a clip of the trailer we prepared do. Uh, for the audiences. Now, again, I'm just going to stress, make sure your movie goggles are on. Forget Fashion Week. What do you know about the royal family of Aldovia? The king died last year, and the prince who's supposed to take over is a total slave. And scandalous socialite. Why me? You're talented, hungry, smart. And none of my regular writers can go this week. This assignment could jumpstart your career. You seem rather fascinated with my brother. I heard people say you didn't want to give up your lifestyle. What lifestyle is that? I don't know. Women, wine, and song. 
Is that what you think? I don't really know who you are. What's going on? Complete makeover. Why are they staring? Because you look perfect. Palace is a lonely place for a king without a queen. That was the enchanting trailer Gee. for A Christmas Prince. He's just like, Chivet, it isn't it something? Isn't it something? That beautiful soundtrack and yeah. love is in the air. You can you can <laughs> taste that eggnog oh, and palace, feel that Christmas frost palace, on your fingers. A palace is lonely for a prince <laughs> yes, without it his is queen. In, yes, it is indeed. <laughs> Basically, you got a bit of a vibe of the film there. When we come back... We're gonna be we're gonna be talking more in depth about the plot. Chevet and I we actually watched this movie together over the weekend, and boy, that was a viewing experience. We're gonna yeah. talk all about that, the characters, and get real in depth to this yeah. notorious Christmas. It's actually a bit of a date, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a that cute was little bro yeah. date. I liked it. Um, when, stay with when us. you and your bro get together to watch a Christmas, Christmas Prince. The target demographic is <laughs> eight to fifteen-year-old girls. Anyway, stay with us. You're listening to Movie Goggles. Please put on your movie goggles. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Movie Goggles with Nick and Chevet. And Chevet, today we're talking a Christmas Prince, a notorious Netflix-produced special movie. And we watched it together over the weekend. We did. And it was an interesting experience. <laughs> we got cozy on that couch together yeah. in some Thai takeout food. <laughs> and I don't know, we laughed, we cried, we learned things. It's an emotional roller coaster, really. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's up for debate, to be honest. So, to everyone who's just tuned in, um, the aim of the game is to talk bad movies and we're going to go in-depth into The Christmas Prince. Yep. So, basically, Amber Moore, she's a young journalist who... Um, and you may know her from the d- actress who plays her, from iZombie. Oh, yes, yeah. iZombie. Okay. So, actually, if, if you're a fan of Rose like any sort of CW TV show, like mm. I reckon you'd see a few familiar faces... Amongst this <laughs> all-star um, <laughs> television, Oscar-winning. <laughs> well, the CW and this movie have a lot in common. Yeah, uh, it's very sappy, sort of like relationship yeah. drama-driven, um, driven stuff for sort of a younger female demographic. But hey, since when have demographics ever stopped us, Chevet? Yeah. When are no, they let shouldn't. targeted advertising and yeah. films dictate what we're going to watch? I want to be uh, pandered to as if I was another demographic. Yes, and I think we've got that. We watched the film, but we hated it. So, (laughs) basically, I want to get stuck into these characters because there's a couple on here who are sort of interesting. Diamonds in the rough. There's obviously Rose, the young journalist, goes to Aldovia to investigate... um, Is it Rose. Sorry, Amber. Amber. I'm getting the character and the actor's name mixed yeah. up. It's just, you know, when I saw the character, I just really saw an actress. She wasn't <laughs> that good. And she goes to investigate Prince Richard. Yeah. Who's and a notorious sort of playboy. He's a playboy, but yeah. he's just so bland, isn't he? He's just yeah. face is like a brick wall, to be honest. It would have been better if he actually was a playboy. 
Because in the film, he's just kind of... He seems... He doesn't really demonstrate that he's a playboy in any way. No, we're just told that he is. Yeah. But without giving too much away, there's a bit of mystery to whether he really is or not. So I guess that's part of the whole thing, mm. isn't it? Yeah. Well, one of my favourite characters, I went from hating her <laughs> to loving her and thinking she was the best character, was Princess Emily. Yes. Uh, Princess Emily is the younger sister of Prince Richard. Um, there's about like a what twenty year age difference. She's yeah. she's a young princess. Well, she's she's pivotal to the plot yeah. because it allows Amber sort of poses as her tutor, and that allows her to spend a lot of time with Emily and the rest of the royal family. Yeah. Um, and Emily has um, spina bifida. Yeah. So you know she's worried that. She feels like people don't ch- treat her like a normal. And for that reason, tr- she's child. she's a bit of a uh, she's a bit of a bully because she thinks that no one really cares yeah. about the real her. So when we first meet her, she's meant to be sort of an off-putting, spoiled brat yeah. type character. Well, the first line she says is, "Who are you, and what are you doing in my palace?" <laughs> and I, I immediately got um, yeah. Veruca Salt vibes, yes. a la Johnny Depp's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Not the original. Um, no, no, because okay. that who are you and what are you doing with, in my palace <laughs> just reminded me of, Daddy, I want another pony. <laughs> but like those two lines, I feel like Veruca Salt could have easily have said that line. Yes. Yeah. Well, they're not... She kind of looks like her a little bit as well. Yeah, she def- She does. She has that vibe. Um, what we forgot to mention, most important of all, is what's striking about every single one of these characters is they're all British. Or like they have yeah. a Brit- well, they're Aldovian, I guess, but they all have a British accent, don't they? Which is this, yeah, this fictional Eastern European sounding country. So yeah. I have no idea where it's supposed to be. But I guess it's just playing off Next to Genovia, I guess. But, yeah. That correlation between royalty and British British royal family, which is obviously the most well-known and and influential royal family. So this Veruca Salt-type character, Princess Emily, has a very British um, posh accent and... It's supposed to sort of grate on you every time. I don't think it's supposed to, but it really got us annoyed. And then (laughs) (laughs) Prince Richard has his, like, oh-so-polished British accent as well. Yeah. That's about the holy trinity of the characters of the film, I think. It really is. Amber Moore, the journalist, Prince Richard... Yeah, we've got. There's a bit of supporting class, um, supporting cast, obviously. Amber's father, her two best friends... Who, as we yes, discussed later, into the best friends. Actually, <laughs> we well, talk about them now. We bit. can. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. the best friends are the black best friend and the gay best friend. So, as you can see, we've got the two sort of tokens here, mm. and they're really annoying. There's they're pro- no effort to hide the tokenism yeah. that's going on. But hey, I mean, we do. <laughs> not, I don't know what to say. It's like it's not a complex movie. This one, they're yeah. very like Buzzfeedy journalists, even though. I think the the head editor is talking all the time about how they really want to run a very responsible, sensible magazine. Yeah. In the background of while she's saying that, there's a cover for that month's issue, and the title just says "pop star." Yeah. <laughs> just says "pop star." So clearly, clearly, someone in like the graphics department at Netflix didn't do like their full job that no. they were meant to do, or or maybe it's some sort of self awareness. Like this movie <laughs> is so generic. Yeah, so plainly like <laughs> generic that we're just gonna put the most generic props and and titles and stuff. And if in the you background. happen to notice it, well done. Yeah, 
just lastly on the point of the characters, I guess the main conflict in this story is that Prince Richard doesn't want to assume the title of mm. king, and he wants to... I don't know what he wants to do, actually. It was never made clear. I think he wants to yeah. be a philanthropist and help kids at the local Aldovian orphanage. And there's also a bit of a love square at play. So he doesn't want to be king, but every, but his mum wants him to be king. Everyone wants him to be king, and he's sort of fighting against this responsibility. Yeah. Meanwhile, Amber Moore is trying to get the scoop, but she starts to slowly fall in love exactly. with Richard, and she's torn whether to release... This, this hot, juicy story, yeah. or to, you know, do the right thing. Time to put on your movie goggles. Back to other outdated forms of authority, like the monarch. Uh, we're talking A Christmas <laughs> Prince, a Netflix special movie made in 2017, just in time for Christmas, mm. Chavez. And we're doing a very late Christmas special. This movie's really something, isn't it? We watched it together over the weekend. It is. It it, it cut. They they sort of. It's a Frankenstein's monster, <laughs> sort of, of all of these tropes yes. and cliches, and they just stick it all together and don't really try to do anything more than that. At the end of the day, there's something quite nice about that. I think <laughs> you love, you find solace in the simplicity of it. All. In the simplicity, yeah. I think that yeah, what you're saying is definitely true. Like you know, films. What are they other than tropes stuck yeah. together? But I guess the key is to develop on those tropes. And yeah, this movie that is true makes no effort whatsoever to do that in any way. But is, is there a time and place? Is there a time and place where maybe you want to be challenged by a movie? And there's also yeah. a time and place where you just want to that's, completely switch that's off. That's fine, but this movie switched me off so far that like, there was nothing. There was nothing going on in my head. I wasn't even entertained. Yeah. But anyway, we're being a bit rude, and we're not telling the <laughs> audiences about our great love for the Trope Bible. If the you guys haven't Bible, seen it, yeah. uh, definitely get onto tvtropes.org. They're, it's a great website which lists basically... You can search any movie and look at all the tropes that that movie has in it. A Christmas Prince. It's guilty. It's guilty it's of guilty quite a of few. Committing all the sins. <laughs> <laughs> all the sins. Just to rattle off a few, they've committed the fictional country sin. Aldovia, not to be confused with Genovia. Yeah. Inspirationally disadvantaged. We mentioned that before. Princess Emily, uh, the lonely mm-hmm. rich kid as well. Millionaire playboy, Prince Richard. Suffers from that trope. The Swiss cheese security, which we're going to get stuck into later, so I don't want to give too much away, but the security at the castle is freaking terrible. (laughs) She just waltzes right in, and no one bats their eyelids. Perhaps because it's not the British royal family. Like, that's... This isn't a real... No one's coming to see these guys, really. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Low-budget Netflix... (laughs) What else? There's the damsel in distress. There's a scene that's ripped right out of Beauty and the Beast. There's a scene that involves Prince Richard saving Amber from a pack of... Not a pack of wolves, just a singular wolf. Yeah, yo, that scene was strange as well. It was very odd. It felt so (laughs) out of place in the whole movie. My favourite trope is the almost kiss. Of course. And this movie does the most hilarious rendition of the almost kiss. Basically, there's a kiss scene, and they're interrupted by a horse winning in the back. In the background, yeah. it's actually got interrupted by a nene, <laughs> a shiv nene. 
Uh, get out there, everyone. Show that's not even a, show is that name. even a reason to sort of interrupt a no, kiss, really? No, it's not. You just ignore it. That's and a you background think that's noise. a pretty like loud horse as well, if you think about it. You're, like, saying, for the it to horse, be, you're saying the horse had the intention to block whatever was going on. That, I mean, I wasn't thinking that, but that could be a possibility. <laughs> it's, but it's a conspiratorial horse. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> sure. Like, If you were in the moment about to Jealous kiss horse. someone, I'm not sure you'd stop just because like an animal made a noise. I don't know. No, I... You know, if you're going for it, you're going... I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, just looking back over the notes that we took on the weekend of this movie, a thing that just would come up time and a time again for me, Chevet, was this movie is an assault on journalism. And in the time of fake news <laughs> and alternative facts, this movie is, like, number one enemy of... of Quality journalism. You are fake news. The movie thinks that the way to start being a journalist is being an editor first rather than a writer. Yeah, that's strange. That's, that's the first strange thing. The second is that the title of that month's magazine is Pop Singer, as we, as we discussed. Then when Amber goes into the palace, she infiltrates the palace yeah. secretly. She's taking photos in, in vertical, by the way, a journalist, portrait, vertical journalist, video syndrome. Yeah, they a journalist wouldn't do that. That's not good. Uh, that's not good images. Can for... I just just do it like sidebar here, uh, Chave? <laughs> I just want to tell everyone about vertical video syndrome. Oh yeah, you hate that. I hate when you're when you're filming a video on your iPhone. Don't film vertically. Film landscape because you capture more. Like cinemas aren't. Hor- cinemas yeah. aren't vertical. They're not but like towers. They're landscape. They're horizontal. I <laughs> would like to offer a counter argument to that. Go on. When you're viewing videos on your phone, yeah. on an app like Facebook or Instagram or something, yeah. those vertical videos are the ones that use up most of the screen. I know, but if it was horizontal, you could flip, you could turn the screen. <sighs> no one's got time for that, man. You, like, all I'm saying is when in you've 20, got a vertical Chibay. video on Facebook, <laughs> and the thing is people edit them, the vertical videos to make it into a, know, square. a square. So no, there's no, it's just going to be small in regardless. In 20 years' time, you, we can come back to this because I am predicting in 20 years' time, every cinema is going to be Instagram square, <laughs> 16 by 16 pixels. It's going to be a square or it's going to be a vertical size like an iPhone. Yeah. I'm calling this. And then it'd be this like a epidemic. multi-story theater as well because like, you could yeah. get more seats in as well. Honestly, <laughs> that's the way of the future, and I want to stop this. I'm a traditional guy. Yeah. Anyway, she takes fo- uh, videos in vertical mode, and she does it without silent mode on when she's trying to sneak around. Like there's yeah. easy click, click. She's she's really not sneaky as well. At several points in the film, she like leaves her notes out, leaves her laptop yeah. on. There we go. That's um, the biggest sin I think that she commits. Yeah, there's no secrecy taken. And sooner or later, you know, different characters find out and uh, you think, well, What, what about the notes on her computer? We get they a quick does. look at her computer to see what notes she's taking about yeah. the story and they're just Horrendous like... Horrendous notes. Like a really bad diary, sort of like, I think I'm finally getting to know the real prince. Yeah. So not what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I made the observation that it sounds like dubbed anime dialogue. <laughs> Go on. Because it, it just sounds... It just sounds... your damn uh, impression. <laughs> It sounds so um, ridiculous. I'm just trying to... Oh, here's one. Okay. So this is a little bit that's that's written in a thing, and I'm going to do it in a type of anime voice. Uh, here we go. The prince is still reluctant. Why? It's more than just nerves. I have to find out. 
Oh man, I want to yeah. remake this movie into. <laughs> We're gonna dump this movie anime. <laughs> That's what I want to see happen. I actually um, really improve this film. But worst of all is the character of Amber is not a great person. I think I'm going to go out on a limb here. She betrays her integrity as a journalist and gets involved with the story, and she changes the outcome of the story. Chevet and all right, you study journalism. Would you I go do. and infiltrate a palace? and fall in love with a prince even though you're supposed to be getting a huge scoop on him um, and in the process change fate of an entire nation as you know it? If I fell in love with the prince, I would just... Because love is obviously more important than you, your job and your profession. Mm. Love so speaks can I quote, more... Can I quote someone? To yeah. quote Tommy Wiseau from The Room, love is blind. Yeah. Or, if a lot of people love each other, the world would be a better place. Time to put on your movie goggles. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to Movie Goggles with Nick and Chevet. Chevet. Hello, hello, hello. We're talking A Christmas Prince to all you listeners who have just tuned in. Talking Um, or trashing? It just sounds like we're just trashing it. It's becoming a bit of a one-sided assault at the moment. But maybe the spirit of Christmas, which we're going to be talking about, can help save it a little bit. I'm going to defend it, actually. Oh, no, don't do this. I'm going to defend the honour of the Christmas prince. All right. I'll be the Grinch then. (laughs) (laughs) To continue along this Christmas-themed segment. So, the Christmas prince, a Christmas prince, it's... Um, it's a Netflix movie, and I think Netflix just sort of went with that. Hey, we put it on Netflix, people will watch it. Yeah. It's Christmas, they got nothing else to do. And it's true. I think it worked. I mean, um, Netflix tweeted out to the eight, uh, was it to the 54 people who have watched A Christmas Prince every day for the last 18 days, who hurt you? So they know. They know it's bad, and they know people are still watching it. Yeah. I mean, of course they know it's bad. I mean, Netflix has made some really good stuff. Yeah, the, um, amazing so quality stuff. I think, you know, they, they obviously know when something's bad. Mm. And I think maybe they don't care about that anymore. Um, they're just sort of focused on Okay, becoming... whoa, whoa, whoa. You're supposed to be defending them, all right? What? You're supposed to be defending that. I'm not saying it's a bad... <laughs> I'm not saying it's necessarily a bad thing. Or well, like there was a time, right, yeah. where Netflix only made a small amount of original content, yeah. and most of it was pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they create a lot more content, and and as a result, you know, not all of the content is is top notch, no. and that's not necessarily a bad thing because they're sort of just trying to have a bit of everything on their platform, and they can obviously draw on years of films as well, mm-hmm. but the original content will always sort of be there, spanning all the different genres, and even just generic comedy, I mean, not even Rob comedy, Tom. rom romance films. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not even funny. There's a few comedic moments, I think. I mean, I more the, of a it's more like the cliche, clumsy girl moments. Yes, like uh, the first five minutes, she knocks over a 14th century Ming vase. <laughs> vase. Yeah, she knocks over a big, yeah. big pot, and it's supposed to be very funny. It wasn't. I giggled. <laughs> Well, what makes this a Christmas movie, in your opinion? <laughs> what makes it a Christmas movie? I'd say the fact that um, it what makes re- a lot of Christmas well, number films, one, it was released at Christmas time. It was released at Christmas time. But the film itself and just um, obvious sort of aesthetic choices like snow, like <laughs> you know Christmas decorations, Tick. Christmas music, Tick. trees. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say another word that tick. rhymed with tick. I was like, why are you saying that for? That's a bit inappropriate. Um. Okay. You know Movie Goggles is a, it's a PC, PG, family-friendly yep. show. Facts. Except for when we play songs with swear words in them. But, yeah, and also a message, a Christmas message. Yeah. Makes it... So this film sort of comes back to the idea of family... Which is, is, is just a family is a great the Christmas message. The yeah. A big, uh, the royal family. The royal family. <laughs> yes, because you find out there's some complications with who's part of the family and who's not. People yeah. try and split up the family. And I guess it comes down to, you know, what's most important at Christmas time, yeah. Chevet? I mean, a man can have all the all the presents in the world. I got a lot of big truck toys and Legos yeah. this year, but without family, what's it all worth? It's nothing. And that's what I want to make everyone think and about. And if you don't have a family, they can't buy that for you anyway. So you really do need them. <laughs> you do. For a multitude of reasons. <laughs> a few tropes that always pop up in Christmas movies as well as, you know, kids teaching adults. Mm. Um, kids teaching adults to value Santa Claus or yeah. um, believe in love again. It's always the kids who are the, are the wise ones in these movies. It always seems that the adults have forgotten yes, the meaning of Christmas. What the spirit of Christmas feels like. And this this movie brings it back. Yep. That's what I like. Uh, you've got romantic comedy go-tos like the new girl in the big city or the guy who's sort of like not used to the small country town. You know, a big bit of a fish yeah. out of water scenario. And exactly. they, they play off that one again with the, you know, the, the girl from the Big Apple going to this. Yeah, and she'll wear, world. she'll be like yeah. at a, at a, got a ball. A ball or something, and she'll still have her cons on underneath yeah. her gown. She's repping those red converses Facts. every day. And they look too new though. That's yeah, the thing. They, they're not new. They York look fresh worn. out of the box. You need like she if you're wearing Converse, you need no to have way. them pretty worn in. No. Unless okay, I can I can appreciate like a fresh, clean pair of white cons. That's that's yeah. fair if you're going for that clean look. But if you have a coloured like any other c- pair of cons, you, they got to be worn in. I agree. Yeah. She's not the real deal. But then she's she decided fraud, and since I'm going to have a ball with the royal family, I'm going to go box fresh. <laughs> <laughs> Get those clean socks rolled up. Gee, tube yeah. socks. Well, in any case, you've put forward a good good argument for why it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. But, look, we're not giving it a fair run. We watched it very late. We didn't watch it at Christmas time. But yep. I wasn't feeling like it was a Christmas movie. No matter how no. much snow they throw at you in toboggan sled ride scenes... They kept forcing the word Christmas into everything. But yeah, it's a bit. It just, it's a bit tacked on. Yes, and like this movie again being so generic, I uh, I don't know. But it, I guess it, it didn't just, make me want to believe. It, it made me want of, to cry and delete my Netflix account subscription. Yeah, I guess it was just sort of a way for them to distinguish themselves from Princess Diaries. So rather than just being Regular princess movie. Yeah. It's also a Christmas one. It's a jack of well, all trades. Will, it's got everything. I will always support Anne Hathaway. I will always support Judy Dench. And The Princess Diaries is a far superior film about a fish-out-of-water girl going to a made-up royal country. All right. In any case... Time to put on your movie goggles. Trevay, what have we got coming up right now? We've got our, our verdict of... The Christmas Prince. Woo! Sending shivers down my spine. Yep. Um, 
Chevet, I think it's pretty clear we watched this together. You saw my reactions during the whole thing. You've heard how it angered me. What an assault on on journalism, the journalistic integrity that this film portrays. I don't think that was really like was... the intent of the movie, though. <laughs> no, it's just a side victim yeah. in a war against Splash media damage. and Christmas movies. Yeah. Everyone gets hit. The journalists get hit. <laughs> The fictional countries of royalty, like Aldovia, Genovia, get hit. Yep. It rips off Princess Diaries. Christmas movies. It's it's a terrible Christmas movie and really, I think, commercializes and detracts away from what Christmas is all about. And the last the last point is is just bad. <laughs> it's just bad. It's not yeah. funny. Things didn't make me laugh. I didn't feel ro- I didn't feel like I wanted to be in love with this movie. It made me feel like it. Uh, it made me feel like uh, it's only ninety not, minutes, not but it felt Grinch. like it made me feel like a Christmas Grinch, and that's not who I am. Yeah. That's not what I want. It felt be. like it went for a bit longer than it's, it was a pretty short film. It's only ninety minutes, but Look, it felt like it I'm went for a bit. Give you my longer. verdict. Okay. If if a good movie, if good is Die Hard with yep. Bruce Willis's, and bad is is the Santa Claus with Timothy Allen. Then A Christmas Prince, the Netflix 2017 original, is about it's about half an elf with Will Ferrells. <laughs> okay. Well, to, just to add to that, I'd probably say, yeah, the characters are all tropes and they aren't... It's okay to start off a character as a trope, but, you know, it's good if you take them somewhere and develop them or flesh them out. But uh, for this film, it's, it, it pretty much stays on that. There are even a few moments, uh, you think there might be a few twists, like maybe the little girl will become the queen, um, or you think she might say no to the prince at the end, um, and so and, and go the independent for, independent um, yeah. woman sort of route, but um, no, it doesn't, it, it, it pretty much just sticks to the, outdated the status, monarchy. yeah, outdated monarchy and, and status quo, and for that, I will give it two... Um, which Disney princess are you BuzzFeed quizzes out of one BuzzFeed website?